This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Welcome to episode eight, where we're going to hear all about the Silex route into law. My name is Kerry Jarrett, and today we're lucky enough to be joined by three guests. Andy Donovan of the Compliance Office, who studied a law degree and additional Silex modules whilst working in private practice as a paralegal. He subsequently used his experience as a legal executive to become a solicitor and to obtain a judicial appointment at the age of 31. Andy has since left private practice and has set up his own business providing SRA compliance support to law firms. He continues to sit part-time on tribunals and writes on legal topics and is currently serving as a board member of Silex Regulation. Welcome, Andy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We also have Latoya Robinson, who is a defendant personal injury litigation executive at global law firm Clyde & Co's Manchester office. Latoya started working in law over 15 years ago as a legal secretary and then went part-time while she studied a degree in criminology before returning to personal injury as a legal assistant and deciding to embark on the Silex Level 3 Diploma in Law and Practice. Latoya is now studying at Level 6 for the Professional Higher Diploma in Law and Practice and hopes to qualify as a Chartered Legal Executive in the next 18 to 24 months. Hi there, Latoya, and thanks for joining us. Hi, Kerry. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And finally, we have Jenny Crew. Jenny Crew is an education consultant who works across professional, higher and further education and spent 14 years with the SRA and Law Society, during which time she led the development to the precursor to the SQE, which is the QLTS. She currently is Chief Examiner for the Silex Level 6 Apprenticeship. Hi there, Jenny. Hi, Kerry. So today we're going to be running things slightly differently, as Jenny will be acting as an informed questioner, given her background, and will both chip in with her views as well as pose questions. But to kick us off, Andy. Can I ask you to please tell us a little bit more about your route into the legal profession? Thanks, Kerry. Yeah, um, happily. So my route into the legal profession, it was slightly unusual. Um, I got a job. I decided to enter the workforce at 18, basically. I was interested in law, so I studied um, in the evenings. Um, But I just started working life. And at that time, it was bar work and warehouse work and things like that. And eventually... Um, somebody kindly was willing to give me a try in, a, in an actual law firm when I was about 19, 20. Um, got a job doing paralegal work um, and was really fortunate that I enjoyed it and got stuck into it and was a bit of a geek about it and managed to build a career in the law actually before finishing my degree, um, before finishing my studies at, at nights. So I was a team leader, managed to increase my um, income. So I didn't build debt. I managed to build uh, a bit of a professional life, um, which was, which for me was 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 great, which worked much better. And then when I finished my studies, I switched over to Silex. And once I had the requisite number of years experience, I was able to become um, a chartered legal executive, as you said in your your introduction, um, which was which was great. Um, it combined the working life that I wanted to get stuck into with the with the study. Um, and as you also mentioned in the intro, the, the fact of that qualifying as a lawyer on the job earlier on, um, whilst I'm not in private practice anymore, that was fundamental. I relied upon those years of experience 
um, when I went on to apply for a judicial appointment, which I still part time uh, sit part time, despite having left pra- uh, private practice, um, when I was appointed at a relatively young um, age. So um, it was a, not a common route, but it worked perfectly for, for me, and, and I'm really grateful um, for what the Silex route allowed me to do. Thanks, Andy. So what would you say the key differences are between a Silex route and, and other routes into becoming a lawyer? I think in practice, the well, I think one of the most important things is that you don't front load everything. So for me, I think one key benefit is that you don't go off and do four or five years of study and all of the money that that involves before you perhaps have necessarily set foot into a, to a law firm. It's quite common for people to tackle both the academic and the vocational stages in uh, at the same time in parallel so you still have to study you still have to pass exams you still have to show a certain amount of experience and training um, and competency in particular um, in your area but you can do it at the same time and you can build a career along the way and you can hit certain milestones such as graduate membership once you've got your you know once you've got your degree, for example, if you do it that way, or uh, membership generally once you complete your Silex um, examinations. And then later you get the full lawyer qualification, <clears throat> pardon me, when you um, become a chartered legal executive. Um, so you can take it in a modular um, way um, as opposed to the, the sort of the front-loaded approach of perhaps the more traditional routes, which can cause some difficulties with there's lots of people out there with a law degree and um, you know the vocational qualifications um, but weren't actually able to get that training uh, element to go on to to qualify. Um, I think also just the final distinction in my mind is that it it tends therefore to um, create a more diverse uh, membership. Um, I think there's uh, social mobility um, and the statistics suggest there's more diversity um, in the Silex route as well. Um, so I think those are the those are the key ones for me. That's really interesting, Andy, um, especially about around social mobility issues and diversity. Um, Latoya, do you want to tell us a bit about your background and how you've come to uh, to be working through the Silex route, um, and what what whether you'd agree with what Andy's saying, whether your experience is similar? Hi, Jenny. Yes. Um, so my my route into law um, has not been quite straightforward um I when I left college I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do um who I wanted to be um and I was thinking of becoming a midwife but thought okay I'll take a year out before um committing myself to that and see what it is that I really am suited to um so I did a business admin apprenticeship in a personal law firm um and that's sort of how I fell into law uh, so to speak um, I did that apprenticeship for a year um, and then decided, oh, actually, I want to go into criminal. I want to go into law, but criminal law. Um, so I went off to university, did a degree in criminology um, and then uh, had my son and worked in a criminal law firm as a legal secretary. Um, and it was at that point that I decided, right, OK, I really enjoy working in law. This is what I want to do. Um, and that was when I decided to embark um, on the Silex qualification. Um, started it and then paused it to move from London to Manchester 
got a job uh, back in another personal injury law firm. Um, luckily enough, they agreed to help with the funding for my Silex course. So I was able to continue it whilst working with them. Um, so I was able to earn as I learned, which to me was really important, especially because I'd just started a family. Um, so I did that. Um, then I moved to another, whilst I was there, I was a legal secretary, then a legal assistant. Um, and got some experience on, with my own small caseload. Um, then moved over to the firm that I'm with now, Clyde & Co, who also agreed to assist with my funding. Um, took a paralegal role there, built up my caseload, got promoted to litigation executive, um, finished level three, and I'm now at level six. So, um, I mean, for me, it's... Um, it's been uh, so quite important, the flexibility of the course and being able to study whilst I'm also working, whilst also looking after a family. Um, you know, so it's, it's the flexibility is there and it's really important. And for those who are thinking of going down the Silex route, if, you know, they do have families or if they're adults wanting to change their career, then the flexibility is there to do that. Um, so for me, I although I've not gone down the straightforward route of doing a law degree, doing your LPC, getting a training contract, um, I've gone down this sort of jagged route, had pauses, children, changed jobs, moved from one end of the country to the other. Um, and I've all, I've all, throughout that time, I've been able to pick up um, and drop my Silex studies as and when, which is really important. And I don't think you have that flexibility when you're doing, um, you know, the traditional law route uh, with the LPC. So uh, that that's my background and how I how I began. That's fascinating. I mean, it seems to me that both of you have taken different routes and different decisions and and been able to um, use the Silex route to to um, flex and or you know to take more exams or less exams or move employer so you're both I think have spent a period of time in private practice and I was wondering um, perhaps uh, Latoya first and then Andy um, could you say what was the approach of your firms how what do they think about Silex are they supportive of your studies? Yeah, so Clyde & Co are extremely supportive of my studies. Um, I mean, I'm not the first person, um, certainly not the last person to be studying with Silex whilst working there. Um, they've got experience of having employees who are at various stages um, along the Silex route. Um, my own particular supervisors are constantly encouraging me to take on more challenges, to build on my experience, which sort of taps into what I'm learning along the way. Um, there's, I've got various colleagues who are either just starting out on Silex or who've been through Silex and they're now actual fellows. Um, so I've found so far that my experience with my particular law firm has been really good and they are really supportive. And Andy, how, what's your perception, both from a, a Silex board member and also from your experience working and with and for um, private practice, what's your perception of how um, the Silex qualification is viewed? Yeah, I, I think the first thing I say is that theoretically now there should be very, there shouldn't really be any differences. I think with what's now available to Silex lawyers, um, partnership, judicial appointments, if you wanted to do your practice rights, you could do all of the different things that solicitors can do. Um, there really doesn't seem to be any logical need for any distinctions um, that, that's the theory I think unfortunately in practice 
um, there is still a little bit more to to do in terms of remuneration and, and public awareness to be to be honing on, on a couple of things. I mean, that said, my personal experience was that I thought really valued the knowledge um, that legal executives brought and recognised the expertise. And my own experience was actually in terms of remuneration that that modular approach helped me uh, develop my uh, my pay. Um, the fact that you qualify as a legal executive means you can charge more money, you're more valuable to the firm, uh, and it does help those things. So, and supporting development um, as well. So my, my personal experience was actually very positive. I think across the board, I still don't understand why there is as much as a distinction as um, you sometimes hear anecdotally. So I think there's still more to do there. Thanks, Andy. Um, so, Latoya, what two or three pieces of advice would you um, give to somebody who was thinking about embarking on the Silex route to qualification? Um, firstly, I would I would suggest that you know they do their research with what Silex has to offer, um, and just sort of figure out within themselves whether they think it's it's something that they could do. I mean, with Silex, you can either do it. Um, you can do the learning distance route, which is what I'm doing. And if that's the case, then you sort of have to sit down and think to yourself, okay, do I have the commitment and the motivation and the determination to do this sort of, you know, away from outside of a campus, away from lectures, away from that contact with tutors? Um, although a lot of colleges and universities do um, offer silence, well, Silex courses, chartered legal executive courses as well. Um, so yeah, as I say, I'd just say first and foremost, research what Silex offer. Is it something that would fit in with your lifestyle? So Andy, what piece of advice would you have for people considering at Silex? I think firstly, I, I would echo what Latoya said about research. And I think generally going into the law, sometimes people don't necessarily do enough of that. I think that's fundamental. And trying to get some sort of placement or shadowing or work experience. Um, do try and get inside a law firm and inside the area of law you're looking to go into and check that it's for you. Um, and yes, do all of the other, you know, there's so much information online now. Make use of that and gather all that information as well. Thinking in particular about what's right for you and the life that you want. Um, that said, once you've done the research, if Silex looks like it's um, a good fit for you, um, and it sounds like it's been a very good fit, certainly for two people on this um, on this podcast, um, go for it. I, I don't think that there's an awful lot to lose. Um, you're not invested in it in the same way as you you are with a, a three-year degree and LPC. I know that's the more old-fashioned way of doing it now, perhaps, but um, you can get a paralegal role, try the Silex route and see see how you find it. You're not investing years and years and tens of thousands of pounds. Um, so go for it and see how you get on with it. You'll discover pretty quickly um, if it's for you or not. And then hopefully if it is for you, if it's the right thing, the final thing I would just say is just to hang in there. Um, I'd be lying if I'd say said that it was easy doing a full day at work and then going and studying at the evening or, or the weekends um, but there really is a big payoff so hang in there um, and stick it out and uh, I was fascinated to hear what Tori was saying about the flexibility that's involved that's absolutely right you can um, pick it back up 
um, as things change in your life. But just the most important thing is to keep going um, and you will see um, some really significant benefits at the end. Um, but it, it can be a bit of a slog in the middle. So hang in there. Thanks, Andy. Um, Latoya, is there anything you want to ask, add, I mean, in terms of that flexibility? And I can remember you mentioning about the, the financial that you can pay, pay in how you can pay for your qualifications and your courses was a real advantage for you. Yes, Jenny, thank you for that reminder. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, um, it has been a massive advantage for me to be able to cover the cost. Um, you know, my employers contribute, but I also contribute and um, it's been fantastic being able to pay in installments if and when I've needed to um, is is you know it's very important to me having a family etc um, but the overall cost of studying with Silex is a lot less than the traditional um, law degree and LPC route um, I've just been looking at indicative costs and comparing and I think if you're looking at for example um, the level three qualification that comes in at just around about 5,000. Um, the level six comes in around, I think it's six to 7,000. Um, and that's for non-graduates. If you're a graduate and you're on the fast track, it's just under 3,000. Um, but that's not including things like exam fees, um, which aren't that much, um, and membership fees. And uh, it's all, it all the fact that um, things are broken up. You can pay for a module as and when you do that module. So it's not like you're paying a big bulk of money um, to cover you for the year, then the next year, then the next year. You can break it up um, in terms of when you're doing a module, you pay for that module. Um, when you're doing exams, if you decide to do an exam that year, you pay for it. Um, if you don't, then you leave it till the next year. So, yeah, the flexibility with the costs is immensely important for me, as I'm sure it will be for quite a lot of people in this day and age. Thanks, Latoya. So, are there any final closing pieces of advice you'd like to give in terms of career planning in general? Um You've both been work in the workplace, in the legal workplace, for quite a long time. But so you all have observed other other career choices or decisions that you've made or not made. Are there any pearls of wisdom that you'd like to contribute? Andy, do you want to go first? Or oh, pearls of wisdom? I'm feeling the pressure now. Um, I'll try. So uh, yeah, I would say primarily for for me, and I learned it much later in my career, was not to drift. I think that when you're early on in your career, it's very easy to go from one thing to the next and think relatively short term and everyone's got bills to pay and pressures. So that's understandable. But I would really encourage people to think um, regularly five, 10 years ahead about where they want to be rather than just drifting from one role to an incremental or sideways step um, onwards and onwards. Really set some bold goals for five to ten years and in doing so expand your horizons as well I think it's very hard to imagine what you're going to do or be in five to ten years if you have not got out there and broaden your horizons you know look at shadowing people follow the people that you're envious of follow that um, try and find mentors uh, think about you know where you'd really love to be because if you set a goal and then you work backwards to achieve it it's it's incredible what you can actually um, achieve but part of that's just having it on your horizon in the first place um so yeah don't drift 
um, find mentors, find people you envy, expand your, you know, broaden your horizons, be bold, um, and set some clear goals and work backwards to, to, to get there. Um, try to avoid going from one thing um, to the other, which can happen even within law. Um, at one point, I felt I was drifting into a successful career in law and I wanted to be certain you know that's a very good thing that's a very fortunate position to be in but I wanted to be certain that that was definitely what I what I wanted. Thanks Andy. Um, is, is there anything you want to ask, um, add Latoya? Um, just very quickly I'll definitely echo what Andy said about having a mentor I think that's um, immensely important if you can try and find someone who can support you in that way um, and also just sort of to anyone who's considering any um, career path, whether it be law or anything else, just sort of um, try and stay in your own lane and, you know, pay attention to what you're doing and not what your peers are doing. You, know, you might have peers who very quickly are able to, for example, get training contracts and move on really quickly with their um, their profession and their career, whereas you might find that you're being rejected with training contracts, just sort of, Keep an eye on, you know, what you're doing and use that time if you are finding that you're not getting a contract. Use that time to get more experience um, and just sort of don't feel bogged down by what's going on with other people. Just try and keep it to what's going on with you and progress there. I think that's excellent advice. I just wish I'd heard that when I was 21. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Latoya. That's great. That's really, really great advice, Latoya and, and Andy. Thank you so much for your for your time today in Pearls of Wisdom. And interestingly, actually, there's um, quite a few themes there that are pretty consistent with other podcasts that we've um, run for Reimagine Law, especially in taking that time out to really think through where you want to go um, and consider who you are, you know, what you stand for, what's going to work for you personally. And to your point, Latoya, you know, that sort of, I think you said, you know, staying on your own path, just being focused on that and not getting distracted um, by, by what others are doing, because they're not you, you are you. <laughs> and, and, you know, you have your own set of values, your own set of circumstances and priorities. So that's a really, really good point, I think, to, to end on. Um, and also, Andy, when you were talking about, you know, building a network and really getting out there and experiencing as much as you, as you can, um, a, another key theme um, around all of these podcasts has, has, has come through on that as well. So just really pushing yourself out there um, and, and, and being bold in terms of, of, of your ambition and where you want to, to head. Something else that um, I think really resonates with the Silex route for me and previous podcasts that we've um, that we've run is this um, notion of, of, of flexibility. Um, more and more, as we all know, the way we work um, in this world across many professions, we need to be quite flexible and agile. Um, there's no such thing really as a career ladder anymore. Um, and so to, to be able to um, train in a way that is flexible, that is modular, um, kind of is a bit of a future-facing way of, of, of becoming qualified, uh, I would have thought. So some really great um, points there. Some good actions as well, I think, just to take away, which we will put into the show notes um, around, you know, researching into the different routes for um, available through Silex, um, in, including obviously the distance learning approach, uh, making sure that you really kick the tires in, in um, your research around um, what 
the legal profession and a, and, a, and a career within the legal profession means and could mean to you um, and and really thinking through what kind of life you want um, long term. So um, thanks ever so much again to, to Jenny, Andy and Latoya um, for this uh, podcast. Really, really appreciate all of your um, pearls of wisdom, as, as Jenny said, and uh, we'll leave it there for now. Thanks, everyone.